0: When Julia was eight, her life was tough, and she wrote about it in her diary.
1: Dear Diary, I hate my whole family. (laughs) Everybody. Evan has been teasing me, Ken bugging me. Dad and I had only half a math question left and he wouldn't let me finish it. Mom made me wear my pajamas. (laughs) I just hate them all.
0: That's Julia, reading about just how difficult life can be when you're eight. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This right now is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing? It is very, very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Fredericton, we have a mystery about an invisible man, a cautionary tale about who you invite over when your parents are away, an unusual take on sex ed, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. One of my favorite things about kid writing is often the spelling of kid writing. And our next reader, Hillary, brought along a really fun example of that. When she was in grade five, Hillary kept a private diary, a Harry Potter diary. And in it, she recorded what she was learning at the time about puberty. But the thing is, Hillary didn't spell puberty with a P. Instead, she spelled puberty with an H. Please welcome Hillary to our stage.
2: So I should warn you as well that this Harry Potter diary comes with some security features, um, including an owl. Sometimes it likes to screech when you open the pages. Mind you, it's 15 years old, so sometimes it's temperamental, but just in case you hear a screech, that's what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> hmm. September 3rd, 2003, Dear Diary, Grade 5 is awesome. Mr. Ruel said today that we are going to learn about the human body this year. We are going to learn about the brain, heart, sex, and something else. <laughs> we are learning about sex in May, scratched out June, scratched out, no, May. Bye. December 2nd, 2003. I really, really love Shay. I know he likes Amber, but I hope that I'll have a boyfriend by grade seven. (laughs) Today we were given tampons and two types of pads at school. I've tried two different pads and I like number one better. (laughs) The one that doesn't have those massive flaps. I am babysitting the twins for four hours. I get $12 and they get two for being good. I burnt my finger. Sincerely, Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for security. (laughs) December 7th, 2003. Dear diary, today is my birthday. I am officially 11 years old and I got a lot of good stuff I like. I got a prank kit and Princess Diaries 2 on DVD. C, April, and Sella and I went shopping for my party. I got a bra, and I like it. (laughs) Though, Mom could tell when I hugged her. Oh, so embarrassing. (laughs) May 3rd, 2004. We have the Huberty presentation on the 18th. Cool. Mr. Ruel said we have to get permission forms signed to talk about Huberty. I don't want to. Grandma's in town. Not cool. May 4th, 2004, in brackets, the next day. I gave mom the form as I was leaving the house for school today and told her not to read it, just sign. She read it. She says we have to have the talk before the school talk. Uh, no thank you. May 31st, 2004. In case I forget, sex is when a girl and boy meet. It is when the boy puts his penis in the girl's vagina. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It sounds painful. I don't know how people do it for fun. I also learned when the boy gets excited, he lets out the sperm. For babies to happen, the girl has to have her period while so that the water helps meet the egg. (laughs) Logic. My sisters thought the penis went into the girl's belly button, and that's how babies are made. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha, so dumb. (laughs) Signing off, Hillary. Thank you.
0: Grown-ups read things they wrote as kids does not vouch for the biological accuracy of Hillary's diary. That was so great. Our next reader, Marcia, brought along two pieces of writing, both from when she was 15. The first is a poem reflecting on the subject of death. And the second piece is a diary entry which Marcia describes as a little bit sneaky. Please welcome Marcia to the Grown-Up Street Things They wrote Kids stage. A quick heads up, Marcia uses some cuss words, which we do not bleep.
3: September 23rd, 1996. Pricking her finger with her long black daisy, she smelled serenely like gasoline. My first instinct was to kill it, but I held back the urge for blood. The intoxicant of death had taken over my body, leaving not an iota of fright. (laughs) Standing, poised, the daisy beckoned me to her, and I, like the fool I was, I was drawn to her. I followed the trail of black petals and found myself in a strange room full of telephones. (laughs) Old fashioned ones, cordless ones, cellulars. It was all so overwhelming. An intense ringing in my ears made me drop to the swampy ground with pain. Was this to be my end? Like kryptonite to Clark, the telephones were slowly breaking down my molecular structure. The communication device was a killer. The black daisy denied any part in my suicide, but then she can't talk anyway. The blood of my... (laughs) Makes no sense. (laughs) The blood of my deceased predecessors falls loosely to my tongue, and the black daisy hungrily eats me up. January 1st, 1997. Last night, Mom and Dad went out for the night. So, Sarah came over, and I kind of also invited Sandy over, too, who wasn't exactly supposed to be there. He came at about quarter to seven, and his mom interrogated him and me because Sandy told her that my parents were going to be home all night. I'm not going to bother to recount the whole conversation, but let's just say the adrenaline was (laughs) a-pumpin'. Then she said she'd call and talk to my parents and make sure they were there. So every time the phone rang, everyone would freak because I was supposed to pretend that I was my mother. Now there's a scary thought. She did call, but then decided not to talk to them. Thank God, because they weren't there the whole night and I knew they weren't going to be and so did Sandy. But I think I'm pretty much in the clear, though. If she was going to call back and check out the story, she would have today. Besides, Sandy said she dropped it and that she was so proud of him that he didn't drink or do a few drugs. <laughs> Although, I don't think she'd be too pleased with the fact that we played strip poker and and held a private séance. That was Sarah and Sandy's idea, not mine. That shit scares me. <laughs> But also, it was kind of stupid, because they called Kurt Cobain. (laughs) As if. (laughs) Now, the only hitch, it would have been perfect if my Uncle Ken hadn't come in a little after 12. (laughs) Before that, Alan and Ken had come in a few times, but we'd successfully hidden Sandy. But this time, midnight had gone by, and we were caught off guard. (laughs) He won't tell, I don't think... I think he thinks it's not his business. I don't think he'll say anything. Oh, fuck, I am so dead. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Was the strip poker and seance concurrent or sequential? (laughs) joining us on stage right now Genevieve is going to share a piece of fiction this is a story that she wrote at 10 years old and she wrote this on a typewriter that she received as a Christmas gift I believe it was the first story that she ever typed out on her typewriter it is in the mystery genre please welcome Genevieve to our stage
4: I'd just like to make a quick shout out to mom and dad who bought the typewriter. (laughs) Dad, you feature. I'm going to do my best to read these words as they are spelled here, but this is not just 10-year-old writing. It's 10-year-old with her first time on a typewriter. When I say the word, Owly, it means actually. It's spelled A-U-W-I-L-Y. Suspect. The Invisible Man, (laughs) Investigator, Genevieve McRae, (laughs) Boss, John McRae, Case, Who is Blowing Up Buildings? (laughs) It was the morning of December 26, 1986, which is exactly how I know I was 10 years old when I wrote this. When a man was wakened by a lewd boom It was hourly, the building blowing up sky high Genevieve McRae was put on the case immediately First thing she did was find out who did it Uh, then she found out who, how to catch him slash her and catch him slash her. <laughs> now, the finding out was easy. All she had to do was look at fingerprints. But catching the murderer was another story, exclamation point. First, she set a trap. This is what she did to make the trap, open parentheses, with help from her boss, the town police, and her friends, Tammy and Laura Stewart no close parentheses apparently i missed that first she told her friends to go to the supermarket and keep an eye open for robberies then she told the police to spread all over town and keep an eye open for robberies wherever they are then the rest was up to her and her boss first they went up to a place that any robber would hide in an old, abandoned house. I'd like to point out at this point in time that the building was blown up. I'm looking for robberies. And I'm trying to catch a murderer. But any place a robber would hide, first they went to an abandoned house. They went inside and hide. Then Genevieve put some money on the floor. <clears throat> and when the robbers came in, they saw the money on the floor, they picked it up, and then Genevieve called police on her walkie talkie. I think walkie talkies was the other gift that year. And told them where they were, the police were told to come quickly and quietly. In two minutes, the police were there and had a gun duo. Open parentheses. Of course, we won. Close parentheses. Then the robbers were put in jail right away. Now, I must end my story. Genevieve was given a two month vacation (laughs) and was also given a $100 reward. Thank you.
0: At the very beginning of the show, we heard from Julia. She was the one who hated her entire family, including her mom, for making her wear pajamas. But that wasn't the only diary entry Julia shared on our stage. Here she is again, sharing a few more selections from ages eight and nine.
1: January 3rd, 1980. Dear Diary, today we got up at 6.30 and Dad drove us to school. I was the first one in school in our pod. Evan is making snares. (laughs) We went bankrupt last year. (laughs) But it does not seem like it, because we have everything we want out at the cabin. October 8th, 1980. Today I went to Mama's to practice her piano. We went to Numaena's for Ken's music lesson. We went to the mall and Canadian Tire. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I looked for Mom, but she wasn't there. So I went back to the car, and she came out as soon as we put our butts in the seat. We went to the Acadia gym for one hour. We did things from other lands. We did a dance where you... (laughs) Where you start in the middle of a bamboo pole, then jump to the other side, and then jump to the other side, and so on. I am in love with this guy on the Acadia football team. Seems reasonable. He has his left ear pierced and a mustache, and I spelled that M-U-S-H-T-A-C-E. I could hardly do anything. I was looking him over. I, I oh, this is terrible. I was eight. I kept saying to Peggy, I'm lovesick. Your friend, Julia Stewart, nine years old. <clears throat> November 13th. Dear diary, today we had a science test. I got all 64 done, but I don't know about how many I got right. I practice piano with Peggy and I will do so again tomorrow. We got up late this morning because mom's alarm did not go off. I had a good time. I am reading a book called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy (laughs) Blume. It's mostly about sex. It tells about bras and periods and playboy. Dear Diary, November 15th. Today I had my piano lesson. I played with the Phillips after at their new house. We went to the Porters and played prisoner. I got stepped on by Evan, and everybody was laughing at me and pushing me around, and I don't like to be pushed around. Your friend, Julia Stewart. (laughs) January 3rd. Dear Diary, I hate everybody. (laughs) This morning, I liked everybody. And then tonight, they all turned around and turned on me. Evan, Mom, Dad, they hate me. They won't accept me as a person. They think I'm a stick that can just be picked up and thrown back and forth, but I'm not. I'm a human being, too. I mean it. Dear Diary, September 12th. Today is Saturday. The weather was fine. Mom is feeling a lot better, but we didn't go into town today, but we did a lot of cleaning up around outside and inside the house too. We went to the porters and we stayed there for about two hours. I had a good day, but I don't think Mom and Dad loved me much today. (laughs) But maybe tomorrow they will. (laughs) February 18th. Dear Diary, today I got my bra. It's really nice. It costs five dollars. And mom got it at Stedman's. I love you, diary. I hope you know that. (laughs) Love, Julia. Dear diary, December 31st. Today is the last day of the year 1980. The porters came out for supper, and after that we went coasting, then we danced until 1215. (laughs) We had lots and lots and lots of fun. I had a lovely day. I hope you know, diary, I love you. And I'm starting another diary, but who cares? I still love you. (laughs) Yours, Julia. P.S. You're the only one I can really tell my secrets to. Thank you.
0: long-time listeners of Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids know that we are always on the lookout for a new catchphrase, a new tagline for the show. Let's try this one out. Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids It Tells About Bras and Periods and Playboy. I think we might be able to work out some kind of licensing deal. That was great. I'm always struck by the number of people who give their diary or journal a name. Now, I'm sure there are lots of different reasons people do this, but it always seems to me that the people who name their diaries treat them almost like confidants. There's an intimacy to the writing, a sense that they and this personified inanimate object are in on a shared secret. Our next reader, Rebecca, brought a couple of entries from the journal she kept between the ages of 12 and 14 a journal that she named Alosha. Now, before the show, I asked Rebecca what her journal entries to Alosha were about. And she said, liking boys, hating people, and towards the end, it gets a little existential. Please welcome Rebecca (laughs) to our stage. A quick heads up, Rebecca uses some cuss words in her journal, which we do not believe.
5: So I'm going to preface this a little bit with... uh... Letting you know that Alosha is a character from a Christopher Pike book called The Starlight Crystal that I was endlessly obsessed with, and that's also my journal's name. (laughs) Dear Alosha, March 12th, 1997, age 12, I used to like this guy named Kyle. I'm not sure why, I just did. I've always liked Jason, ever since grade six last year. He has no real bad side. He, in my perspective, is cute. He's everything you'd ever dreamed of. But of course, he's going out with Laura, a stupid airhead. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's just plain stupid. Besides Jay, I like Matt. No real reason. He looks very intelligent with his glasses. I think he likes me. When I was at Katie's, I found and read her journal. Wow, does she ever have a boring life? There is this guy in my house about the windows. He smells like Dr. Moody's office, and he looks like a pedophile. I love the Backstreet Boys. I like Brian and Howie the best. And then Kev and AJ, and I don't like Nick at all. He sucks at singing and he's so ugly. <laughs> Claudia is a stupid fathead. Chantelle should stop lying. Sherry's a stupid, annoying bitch. I really hate her. Tammy is the stupidest, annoyingest person in the world. Katie is a complete nerd. Mike is nice and so, so cute. I pray for so many things to happen. And they do, but at the wrong times. I betray a lot of people. I pity them, myself and everything. Dear Alosha, date undisclosed, still around 12 or 13. My parents are big, fat asses. They go too far with petty things. They think there is something wrong with us. They got a book called Problems With Teens. (laughs) But I think they should get a book called Problems With Our Shitty Parenting. (laughs) They are no fun, they're not with it. (laughs) Far from fair. They're far from even understanding myself or my siblings. They think that they are doing a good job when really, they're fucking up my life. Assholes. Dear Alosha, May 27th, 1999, age 14. I I hate my life. 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 (laughs) Summertime, 1999, age 14. This book is my whole life of thoughts, from grade seven to the last day of grade eight. Happy times and sad times, truthfully, more sad than happy. All the stuff that bothered me and made me angry, all the guys I ever liked, the idiots that made my life hell. This little book has been my best friend. It listened to all I had to say without getting bored. It never gossiped about what I said. Strangely, it was me I was talking to, but in a different form. It's odd because I hate myself. I like me, but I hate me. There are things I just can never understand. Nothing makes sense, ever. So what the hell is the meaning of life? Why would it be so painstaking if it was supposed to be great? I guess we may never find out. Thank you.
0: My favorite part of Rebecca's reading is when a group of people right here seemed to be personally affronted when Rebecca revealed that she did not like Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. Is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids our show was recorded live at the charlotte street art center in Fredericton, new brunswick and produced by jenna meisner olivia nashmi is our associate producer our music is by poddington bear and lullitone our closing theme is oh dear diary by sloan if you want to know about upcoming live events the best thing to do is join our email newsletter Just visit grownups.fm and click newsletter. That way you will be the first to know when we are coming to your town. That is grownups.fm and click newsletter. Or even easier, use the link in the episode notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.